You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to ahead on Locked On Utes. Brian, who said that the Holy War week was ever dull and boring? Can we even call it that anymore, Jake? What do we call this game anymore? Is it the backyard brawl? The in-state game? I don't know what to do. I'm getting whacked out here, Jake. I don't I'm all over the place. I just give me directions. Where do I go? Can I call it the Holy War? Can I call it the in-state game? That's that's all I'm looking for. All look, look, you know what? Even more than that, I'm just looking for a good game on Saturday. Yeah, there's plenty to cover on that front. We'll talk about all the latest news as we lead up to BYU and Utah squaring off down in Provo this coming Saturday night. Uh, some good news for a guy like Devin Lloyd, obviously, a weekly award from the Pac-12 for him, and the Utes move up in the national rankings. So we got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. Before we do that, a quick reminder for you guys that the Locked On preview of the NFL is ongoing. Uh, the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed is available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. They're covering every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's team of Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. It's been a great way if you want to get up to speed on the NFL season before it kicks off tomorrow night. Take advantage of it now and download it right away. All right, without further ado, though, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for September 8th, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there. I'm Jay Catch. Across from me digitally is my good friend Brian Brown. And first off, folks, please bear with us. Both of us have had our issues with our voices recently, our instruments, so to say, when it comes to this medium. So if... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hold on. I got to hit mute as I start to cough. Oh, could not have been more on cue. It's it's been we're, we're starting rivalry week off with something, Jake. I don't know if it's a bang, maybe it's a cup of Theraflu. It's oh, one of those dude, things. it's been a week. Let's put it that way, folks. Um, I have had my own uh, issues, and as you just heard, obviously, hopefully that did not cross too many of you out. But nonetheless, a big thank you for joining us, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing good, Jake. It, it's always a great time when I get to be here with you, and um, I just really I love this, man. I love getting to do this and talk to you and talk Utah sports, and I love that we're in a week that normally is one of my favorite weeks out of the year, right? Where we get to talk about the rivalry between this team down south and the school up north, and and have fun and, and exchange barbs and everything like that. And all I need is to know what to call it. That's it. Okay. And that right there is actually a very good question because Kyle Whittingham obviously drew the ire of a certain team down South fans with him calling it. Oh, the in-state game. When he was talking with RJ young from Fox sports, a PAC 12 media day, obviously that's going to get people up in arms. There's a lot of people who still call it the Holy war. Some other people have suggested other names over the years. Brian, I happen to host a certain other podcast that many of our listeners are probably familiar with, Locked on Cougars. 
Not this week, you don't. Not this week. No, I probably not. I probably shouldn't admit that. But I, at one point, I want to, Jake. I want to point out to everybody that you're wearing a red shirt and a red hat, and no one can tell me otherwise. It's my word against yours. That's how it is, and it's how he's going to be every single day this week, Jake. I'm here on the Locked On Utes. I'm going to have to wear black all week long. That's just what I need to do. That's just to avoid any issues. I, I can tell you that much. But some khakis, some khakis. Yes, Jake from State Farm. Hey, that's been my Halloween costume for I don't know, better part of a decade now. Nothing better. <laughs> I know. It's real easy and it's real simple. But nonetheless, I at one point decided I wanted to rename the rivalry, and I opted for the name Church and State. Thoughts? Hmm. That's pretty good. Um, I think it maybe hits a little bit too close to home for a lot of people. Oh, I, uh, yeah. There. Trust me. I, I got some pretty thorough tongue lashings, as it were, from fans about my suggestion on that one. Yeah, I, I think there's there's really no more accurate moniker than the Holy War, right? I think people take this as, as personally as any kind of rivalry in the state. People who never really care about football are now suddenly tweeting about this team and that team. And it's it's so deep and, and rare, and, and we can talk for hours about what sets this rivalry apart because it is that it is a mixture and a separation of church and state right and and there are now polls to either side and it's probably becoming more polarized based on the political climate and everything else but i think really this is a battle of brothers and and, and at the end of the day that's it literally and figuratively right we've seen it years and years and and then this year it's even more uh, weird maybe in that the brothers who, who who battled against BYU last year are now playing for BYU in the Nakua's right well I was gonna say we have crossover from uh, a Kafusi that moved north and we have the Nakua brothers who moved south so yeah there there's always uh, just kind of intermingled relationships in this rivalry but even more so this year with athletes who have traded places at the respective universities and then inside the respective football program so yeah, I think the Holy War is probably here to stay, honestly, for most people. But I think it's up to everybody for how they want to go about You want to call it the rivalry game? Call it the rivalry game. If you're a Utah fan, you want to call it the in-state game just to have another barb to poke at your uh, blue-loving neighbor? Go right on ahead and do it. I, but I really think that the Holy War, no matter how misconstrued some people might think it is, I think it's too far ingrained at this point. Because trust me, I tried to make the church and state church and state thing happen, and it did not get anywhere. And and that's part of the part of the mystique with this rivalry is it goes back so much further than anything else that that really any of us even remember. You know, it, it's fun to read those accounts of the early 1900s games, which essentially ended with a literal war between players and, and fisticuffs and brawls and the history and, and also the friendships that have come from it. You know, I think Lavelle and Ron and Ron McBride are a t- terrific example of it. And, and so there are parts of it that are holy to a lot of people, right? And there are parts of it that can become a bit of a war. And war is not the term, not actual war is not what we're saying here, right? Yeah. There are monikers, and I think it's one of those things that we need to inch towards in society and in, in separating that sometimes we use a word, and it's not always what you think it means, right? Yeah, well, and 
Okay, when the first intercollegiate matchup between BYU and Utah comes in the late 1890s, oh, it happens to be a baseball game, oh, and it ends in a benches-clearing brawl? Yeah, you know that this is a rivalry that's existed for a really long time and obviously has had a very healthy um, amount of spirit, I guess we could call it, for well over a century and change. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it, too. I think, for me, it's something that I've grown up with. I was the lone Utah fan at my elementary school, and it was me and my fourth-grade teacher, and everybody else was a BYU fan. And and boy, let me tell you, did I learn to uh, hate BYU fans at a very, very early age and since have come around and met some great ones. Hey, I might even host the podcast, co-host the podcast with one. Who knows? Hey. Well, former, former. Uh, yeah, hey, I... I grew up in the literal shadows of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I don't, I don't, I don't mind talking about that. My grandfather was essentially BYU's team optometrist for years. Trust me, BYU's been part of my life for many, many years. But I, fun fact about this, Brian, many people don't know this. My best friend in the entire world, all through my junior high years, might have been the diest hard Utah fan in Utah County. We're talking, he would verbally berate folks if they had anything negative to say about the youth. He didn't mind arguing one point on it, and I was probably as blue as they come at that point in my life. He was as red as they come, and we got together like peas in a pod. So, you know what? This rivalry exists in all things, but at the same time, as you mentioned, the relationships that come out of it, they're pretty significant as well. They are, and it's one of my favorite parts about it. I think, you know, when I look back and, and we talked, we've, we've gotten a little bit off track here on what we were planning on talking about, but I think it's important. You know, when I look back, I think it's more, for me, I should say, the rivalry is more about uh, the fraternity that used to decorate uh, Paul James's yard and, yeah. and, and the relationship that he and Bill Marcroft had. And the fact that neither of them are around anymore is, is a little bit sad, you know, especially for me having grown up and, and, you know, if you didn't grow up learning to love Paul James's voice as a Utah fan, I, that's when it's time to really check out, right? Because we were so blessed to have them early on and, and, and everything like that. And I think that's the spirit of the rivalry that I hope this week brings back. And I think Kalani and Kyle have done a good job of that by still maintaining their friendship throughout it. Yeah, this is not as cantankerous as it has been at certain points in the past. So obviously a, a crazy week ahead, and we'll continue to get you ready for that game. But coming up here in just a minute, let's cover some of the other news and notes involving the youth that we need to touch on. Obviously, Utah moving up in the national polls after that route of Weber State. Also a big weekly award, the first weekly award uh, for Devin Lloyd this season. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. But first, Brian, let's take a minute and step aside and talk about our friends at Bet On. Online. It's football season. We're all aware of that. College football well underway. The NFL starts tomorrow. If you guys want to get in on the action, you need to do it with our friends at Bet Online. 100%, Jake. There's no better place to go. There's a whole lot of action going on right there, and it's not just picking lines and, and putting together parlays. They've got, uh, you know, a survivor pool, which is very intriguing to me. You know, we, you and I talk all the time. 
What are we trying that's new? I want to try and be a survivor. And I don't even have to go on Naked or Afraid or, or alone to do it. All I have to do is just go to betonline.ag. Yeah, give that a shot. Also, they have a opening day super promo for the NFL. Make a bet on the opener tomorrow between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. That is for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. They're also offering a 100% welcome bonus to all of our listeners here on Locked On Use, guys. So take advantage of it now. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On. Get to Bet Online as they are your online sportsbook experts. Need to take a minute today and talk to you about our friends over at Stat Hero. Did you guys know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? And if we're being honest, Brian, is it really all that surprising? Not to me, Jake, because you're all a bunch of losers out there who don't even know what you're doing, tell you what. That's why you need to get yourself on board with some Stat Hero action because Stat Hero recognizes that we are all losers in this game and they want to help us out and make us feel good. Yeah, they want to put winning within reach. So really simple what Stat Hero is doing. They show you their lineups and they're daring you to beat them. It's you versus the house head-to-head. That's as simple as it is. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. They're showing you the lineups ahead of time no one else is willing to do that so give it a shot folks if you want to see if you can uh, beat the house so to say stat hero is for is here for you guys go to stathero.com slash locked on sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play they're giving you a 300 percent match that's absolutely unheard of so go to stathero.com slash locked on once again that's stathero.com slash locked on Brian, a fun start to today's show, but let's actually talk about some newsworthy items. And let's start off with the national rankings check-in here for the Utes. As you would expect, obviously with the Pac-12 North deciding to, you know, just pretty much suck every single one of them outside of Oregon who had their own issues. Well, you would expect Utah would benefit in a move up in the national polls, and that's exactly what they did after taking care of Weber State. It is, and and I didn't. I I don't know that I'm necessarily surprised, and or um, I guess like you know upset over the ranking, right? Um, I've always been of the philosophy that the most out like outlandish swings and the widest amounts of variety and variance should happen in the polls in these first couple of weeks, right? Like we should have teams going from 15 to one and from one to 12 and, 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 and all sorts of wild swings while we figure things out. But at the end of the day, really outside of UCLA, who had a better performance in the Pac-12 last week? Uh, I guess Utah, yeah, really. Because UCLA, you beat LSU, obviously you're going to get the props from that. And In the latest AP poll, UCLA jumped all the way to number 16 after not being ranked in the preseason poll. And I think that's pretty well-deserved to hop to where they were at. Utah, uh, for that win over Weber State in the AP poll, moved from 24 to 21. And in the USA Today coaches poll, which Kyle Whittingham actually participates in as a voter, they went from not ranked, just outside the top 25, to 18th. Yeah, and, and I think it's probably deserved. You know, I, I that's a big win for, for a program that is now gone back-to-back weeks with victories. So I think that 
and this is part of the fallacy of what we do with these preseason, what I shouldn't say preseason, but these initial weekly rankings is that how do you really gauge how good UCLA is? How do you really gauge how good Utah is? How do you really gauge how good Georgia is, you know, or Clemson? Uh, these teams, we don't have a lot of sample size with them. And so is 18 a good spot for UCLA? Yeah, I think that's great. You know, they haven't been there for a while, and, and this is a team that everybody's excited about it. Give them a chance to prove and move up. Well, and see, just to clarify, UCLA is 16 in both polls. Uh, funny enough, in the coaches' poll, they actually uh, mentioned how far that UCLA jumped. UCLA jumped 26 spots to check it at number 16 this week in the USA Today coaches' poll. So making a significant leap for them. Uh, Utah, I think this is right where you want them to be, in all honesty. 18 in the coaches' poll, 21 in the AP poll. I think that's a good spot to be. Obviously, you go take care of business against BYU this weekend. You'll continue to rise in the polls. I really think that BYU's national reputation, based on what they did last year, will also help you kind of build a little, a little more confidence in the Utes. And I think that things are looking up for Utah so long as they keep on winning here. Yes, absolutely. And there are programs ahead of Utah that are, you know, going to lose games at some point. So Utah, as long as they continue to win, will continue to rise up. This is not a team that I think is is really uh, flying on people's radars just yet, right? Like those who are really deep in the know have started to recognize, okay, yeah, this Utah team has some vibes to where it could be a very good, very competitive team. But for the time being, let's let them get a chance to prove themselves. Same as I mentioned with UCLA, BYU getting 10 votes in the AP. So they're another team to where it's like, okay, yeah, we'll acknowledge it. We know what you did last year. You lost a lot. Let's see what you have so far this week. And, you know, I think another great team, Coastal Carolina, right? They're returning a lot of players. And so Coastal Carolina, for example, at 17, makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, you know, some of the teams up here, Texas, do we – how do we really feel great about Texas at 15? Well, the eternal debate is Texas back. Who knows? Sark has taken over once again and had a good win against Louisiana Lafayette to start the year. Sorry, Louisiana, because they actually don't like you calling him Louisiana Lafayette, but whatever. Uh, so I, who knows? Texas is always going to get the benefit of the doubt. They're just one of those brands that if they win a game, Brian, we all know that there's just like this, this fanboy in many media members and coaches who just vote them high. Yeah, much like me trying to figure out what to call the rivalry game, those Cajuns are raging, Jake, and, and so you have to be careful with them. But again, it's it's Virginia Tech at 19, Ole Miss at 20. You know, those are teams that had good performances, but how good were the opponents? Is Louisville any good? Is North Carolina any good? We really don't know yet. Those are teams that have had some turnover but also returned some good players. And so I think if you're a Utah fan, you're like, cool. We know what the we know what the plan is for this team, right? We know that they're going to continue to do what they do every single week, which is go out, give maximum effort, maximum intensity, compete, and play a sound game. And as long as they continue to do that and win, Utah will continue to steadily move up the top twenty-five. I tend to actually, the older I get, fall in line with what Kyle Whittingham's thinking is, is that rankings really shouldn't carry much weight until maybe week four or five of the season as we kind of approach the midway point because I think he's dead on by saying you really don't know until that point on how good a team is or isn't as much as I've talked about UCLA having their winning ways we really still don't know how good they are and the only way to compare teams is as we start to get more common opponents and we see more teams survive from week to week because that's the whole point of the season yeah, right. and, and if we're being honest, 
Like the only ranking that really matters at the end of the day is the one that gets you to the college football playoff. I was going to say the one that comes out in early November. That's that's the one we're all waiting for, obviously. So we'll uh, kind of sit by and wait for that and see how Utah does until those polls start coming out. Because as you mentioned, that's all the that's the one that really matters because that's what's going to ultimately determine your postseason outcome. That's all uh, very evident. Let's also take a minute here and congratulate uh, senior linebacker Devin Lloyd, named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts against Weber State, and Brian, I think this was absolutely a landslide, and it should have been because he was absolutely stellar against the Wildcats. He was, and he was he was here, he was there, he's everywhere, he's Devin Lloyd, and he's well-deserving of this honor, and I doubt it's the last time that he gets it as well. Yeah, I, I think that he is probably going to garner a few more of these this season. I would think he's actually probably going to be in the running for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, especially if he continues to put up these stats. 12 total tackles. Just He was he was a one-man wrecking crew. That's that's what he was against Weber State. And I'm starting to see, and I saw this this week on social media, I follow a number of people who cover the NFL draft and seeing stuff start to leak out. People saying, well, Devin Lloyd is already on the short list as the number one linebacker in next year's NFL draft. Draft. And uh, Brian, I'm of the opinion that people who are just discovering that they're behind the times. Uh, is, am I wrong? I ooh boy, <laughs> as a person who can't figure out what to call the rivalry game, probably the wrong one to ask in that regards. But uh, I, I'll put it this way, Jake: if anybody's judgment is trustworthy, it is yours, you Utah fan. You yes, the 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 closet Ute that I am, you know. Not for long. Watch out. As I learn my Photoshop skills, you're going to see all sorts of Jake picks. Yes, that's what we like to see. I'm going to have family members who are going to be reaching out at that point. I can tell you that much. It's okay. We'll put it behind the paywall at that one place, the only, on, on, phone, only, only, only lands. Yeah, mm-hmm, uh-huh. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody you know, will know. Explicit content, you know? We're just going <laughs> to... There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, right. boy, can I? Oh, I'm sure. But, <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations once again to Devin Lloyd. And My voice had issues earlier on in the podcast. Brian just had his. I- I'm telling you, folks, we're this is bubblegum duct tape and sticks holding this show together right now. It's a rivalry week. It is a rivalry week. We're putting week. everything into it. We, we are grinding through. There is absolutely... No doubt about that. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up today's show with some final news and notes and thoughts as we get you ready for the game this coming Saturday. It's a really, really fun week, folks. And stay tuned, by the way. Uh, Brian and I, funny enough, we're going to do what we call a crossover edition of the podcast. Talk about uh, the game, speaking of the Holy War, between the Utes and the Cougars from both perspectives. It should be a fun edition. Obviously, those of you here on Locked On Utes are very familiar with both of our voices. I'll put on my Cougar hat, so to say, and we'll talk a little more about BYU and depth and we'll dig into all that a little later on in the week but first uh before we wrap up today's show let's talk for a minute brian about you and i we are huge huge fans of built bars but as i mentioned brian my wife has suddenly turned into a built bar fiend i am going to be bankrupt before long if i'm not careful by giving her all these different flavors to try a built bar and likely she's just the same as I am, where she wants to try every single one of them and rank them and mix them up. And all that means is that you're going to have to order more and more boxes of the delightful mix that they provide. Or maybe she'll pick a favorite, like Cherry Barcia or Orange, like your guy has. I've started to mix and match a little bit with my Rocky Road box that I got recently. And I tell you what, a little Rocky Road, a little Cherry Barcia, 
magic happens. Okay, so right now at the Hatch household, I have been a longtime fan of the Cherry Barcia. Mrs. Hatch is suddenly just this gigantic fan of Rocky Road, Brian. So maybe the Hatch family's onto something here. Maybe we just need to mix those two flavors and give them a shot. It, it sounds like a match made in heaven, Jake. Built Bar Heaven, no doubt about that, guys. Get to Built.com right now. You can save some money there by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. They are the best tasting protein bars that we have ever had. The best part is they're extremely healthy for you as well. So once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com and get and join the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Before we go on this edition of Locked On Utes, let's do a little recruiting update. Recently, the Utah football program received a verbal commitment from Tavo Motuapuaka. How did I do on the pronunciation there, Brian? Better than I tried to do earlier tonight, Jake. You nailed it. And just like Tavo likes to nail defenders to the turf, because who boy, the Utes got a good one. Yeah, he is uh, officially a uh, three-star composite, uh, according to the 24-7 composite rankings, 8466. 8, 8, How am I supposed to read these, by the way, Brian? You're, you're more engrossed in the 24-7 world. Am I supposed to read it 0.8466? How am I supposed to read that number exactly? Okay, then. Righto. I don't know. That's, okay. <laughs> that's me trying my best to throw you off this there, Jake. But uh, I normally read it as, as an 89.52 or okay. uh, composite so, 89. So I, I believe, 84.66 then. Yep. I believe that, that 24-7 prefers to do it on the way that most people do batting averages, or in this case, an OPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so however you're supposed to do that, statistics was never my, my major in high school and or college. Thanks for nothing, AP Stats. But I will say this much. Uh, whatever the rating is, it's probably not as high as it could or should be. And a big reason for that is simply the fact that Hawaii did not really play football at all last year. And Tavo didn't come under the radar until he had to uh, sort of appear at an offensive line camp that was going on. I won't say under the radar, but outside the scope of normal activities. And if you want to go to his... His Twitter page and watch his highlights. It's at Sioni Tavo. And let me tell you, Jake, it looks like Bad News Bears, but his play looks like Chicago Bears level good. Yeah, this guy has got incredible feet. He's got incredible hair per the picture they have on 24-7 Sports with a glorious mustache, might I add there. But I really like what I saw from him on film. He comes from Mililani High School. Uh, Mililani produces its fair share of talent uh, from the Aloha State, but they are not one of the powerhouses. This is not Kamehameha. This is not Kahuku. A little more off the beaten path, and I also think that might have contributed to him, as you mentioned, maybe being a little more under the radar but if you turn on that film and watch him get after players, there is little uh, reason to doubt why Utah was so quick to offer him and obviously happy to accept his verbal commitment. Aggressive and some of the best feet that I've seen since Garrett Bowles. And a shout-out to our good friend, Utah Punt team, who will inevitably ask if he's tall enough to play tackle or guard. It doesn't matter, my friend. You want to take him, and you'll figure it out later on because the way that he moves, the way that he slides, shuffle, shuffle, slides, 
against a defender, his aggression, the ability that he delivers a blow with his punch is just absolutely outstanding, Jake. There are gifts out there that I can't mention on air that give me so much excitement when I watch his tape. If I were coaching Tavo, I would just sit there and giggle and chuckle and laugh to myself out of excitement because he makes me happy. Yeah, Coach Harding's got to be having a good time watching that film. Uh, Motua, Motua Puaka is listed as the fourth-rated uh, prospect out of the state of Hawaii in the 2022 recruiting class per 24-7 sports. The composite ratings actually have number five, but nonetheless, you're getting a top-level prospect, at least it looks like to me. And as you mentioned, Brian, you don't necessarily care where he plays along this offensive line. You just take him and you find out where he can contribute later because he has got a lot of different skills. He does, yeah, and and this is one of those things where at 6'5", 280, he's right there on the cusp of being able to play either position. Like I said, the way that he moves his feet makes him a must-take. Even if you end up playing it at center, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Look at what Nick Ford's been able to do in his career at the University of Utah. Um, That's why you got to take a guy like this before the Wolves really get to him as well. (laughs) No doubt about that. Or maybe it's Huskies Uh, or Trojans. Whoever out there is trying to steal these Utah recruits, Ducks, Trojans, Bruins. Yeah, there's a bunch of animals out there. What are we even doing here? (laughs) That's a good point. All right. Well, uh, we'll continue to track stuff like this moving forward, obviously, and bring you guys our thoughts as recruiting continues to roll on because we're all things to all people on this podcast, Brian. So, any final thoughts, uh, parting shots, words of wisdom you've got for us before we go? Keep your stick on the ice, Jake, and keep on skating. That's what we like to hear. All right, that'll do it. A big thank you to for all of your thank you to all of you for your support. Follow the show on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian's work at Brown Bear SLC. I'm at Jacob C Hatch. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for September 8th, 2021.